0: And we have a guest on the line with us right now. Congresswoman Laurie Trahan is uh, joining us. And uh, Lori, good morning to you. Thanks for uh, coming on this morning. We appreciate it.
1: Oh, good morning, Wayne. It's great to be here.
0: Well, you've got oh, um, there's. I can't believe how much uh, how much stuff is uh, going on. Uh, you know, it's uh, for me, for example. You know, I have to. Uh, got to walk the dog i have to go to the grocery store i could drive here and drive there but you got to take care of the of the business of the country and that's a little bit more pressing.
1: <laughs> absolutely and you don't want to be at my house uh before you know eight thirty in the morning because i've got a first and fifth grader that i'm trying to juggle making sure they've got their remote learning uh curriculum oh it's it's uh it's a lot it's a lot for you know uh, working families right now for sure.
0: Oh, it certainly is. It's a good thing uh, it's uh, National Coffee Day because uh, you need a cup of coffee to get you through.
1: <laughs> or, or two or three,
0: yes. <laughs> hey, you mentioned uh, the, the COVID-19 relief packages. I, I know that there's been uh, a lot of uh, lot of discussion about that. Where do they stand right now?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going down to Washington today and uh, and I am hoping that we get a deal. I mean, We're at a crossroads here. You know, working families here in Haverhill, they're feeling the economic pressure caused by COVID-19. And, you know, folks I've talked to across the district, they're just struggling. They're struggling to make ends meet. The relief that they got back in April, it it dried up a long time ago. You know, at the the same time, you know, I talked to Mayor Fiorentini. You know, city budgets are experiencing shortfalls uh, that require serious federal investment to avoid having to make steep cuts um that could have long lasting effects. So, you know, the the House of Representatives re- representatives excuse me passed a package uh months ago, you know, back in May. Um, and the Senate hasn't, you know, they haven't acted. They haven't taken up the Heroes package. They haven't amended it. Uh they haven't even passed their own version of a release package. But we're not giving up. You know, we've been working Over the past week in the House to develop another relief package in an attempt to get, you know, the White House and the Senate back to the negotiating table, and uh, you know, I expect the size of that package uh, will likely be closer to the 2.2 trillion CARES Act that we passed in late March, Uh, and it passed with an overwhelming bipartisan, um, uh, you know, support. It was signed into law by the president. So. Uh, I'm hoping that my colleagues uh, don't play politics uh, by refusing to support things that they've already proudly voted for before, and I'm hoping that we can vote on a deal this week
0: uh it's uh, I- interesting i know that the uh, you know the city has to uh, the city had its budget all approved and the uh, and the mayor had to uh, dig into the rainy day fund which is something that he, i uh, i have a feeling he doesn't like to do but uh, you know they're counting on money from the state the state's counting on money from the federal government and uh, and that's all tied up into uh, this legislation isn't it
1: that's absolutely right. And we, you know, we have lo- we have heard from, uh, you know, the chair of the Federal Reserve that these investments have to be made, right? Uh, otherwise, we're going to face, uh, more pain, uh, greater pain down the road. Uh, so we know what we have to do. I mean, I hear from city and, and town administrators across the district that are, uh, you know, they're looking at furloughs and the potential cuts at a time when they're asked to do more, to deliver more services. I mean, think about the the moment we're living in, right? This is not a time to be, you know, cutting teachers or EMTs or first responders or policemen and women. I mean, we need to make sure that the federal government uh, puts the power of of its resources to keep these cities and towns uh, afloat, so we can get through this pandemic and this uh, economic recession together.
0: That's right. Yeah, you mentioned uh, something about uh, uh, teachers as well. And, and, you know, teachers are, well, the, the schools are uh, very important, and uh, they're all being affected by budgets too.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you are a parent right now with teachers, uh, if you're going hybrid or remote, it doesn't matter. You are seeing the unbelievable commitment and dedication of our teachers in in this moment. I mean, they are having to... Really make unbelievable adjustments to how they teach, to how they, uh, you know, care for their, uh, for their students, how they check in on them, how they make sure everybody is, uh, getting what they need. And so it's just, it's remarkable. You know, like I said, I've got, I've had daughters who are in first and fifth grade and, uh, and I'm just, um, I'm, I'm just really impressed, uh, with the, with the communication, uh, and the, the level of commitment by our teachers. You know, parents are facing, you know, different challenges on a daily basis. They're coordinating schedules for their kids. They're setting up classrooms at the kitchen table. They're figuring out childcare. And, uh, and, you know, there's just a, a, a huge amount of preparation, uh, as we, you know, enter and continue this fall. Uh, and parents have been told over and over to make decisions about sending their children back to school based on what's best for their circumstances. But teachers, unfortunately, have been told to follow a different set of rules. And at times and in parts of our country, they've been asked to choose between their health and their careers. And that kind of approach is dangerous, especially when you consider uh that many of our educators are parents themselves or, you know, one in four teachers have a pre-existing health condition that puts them at a higher risk of a serious illness if they contract COVID. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really important that we address this issue. You know, I joined with a couple of my colleagues uh, in the house to introduce the supporting teachers with residency opportunities and new grants act. It's called the strong act. And uh, it amends the, uh, the higher ed act to expand eligibility for our undergraduate students with a major related to teaching to enter into the teacher residency program to fast track prospective teachers into the workforce, either virtually or in person, so that we can provide additional assistance and much needed backup to our existing teacher pool, right? I mean, it also allows our undergraduate uh, students who are enrolled in a teacher residency to enter into the public service loan forgiveness program. I mean, we want to incentivize uh, much like we did with nurses back in the spring uh to get our our new and our, our 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 teacher our prospective teachers uh into the pipeline so that they can help where you know our existing teachers may not be able to be in a classroom or may have health concerns that prohibit them so uh, I'm looking forward to you know working with my colleagues to get you know those federal grants uh, and funding for this program, like teacher residencies, that bolster you know teacher preparation at this moment.
0: So that we get the uh, the students who are, are probably just about ready to graduate anyway, that we get them into the uh, into the pipeline a lot quicker to help out right now.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and you know we're seeing that with you know there are some uh, you know. Well, much like we did see in the, in, in the spring with our, with our nurses and our medical personnel, this is a time when we need to make sure we've got lots of backup. Uh, we don't know what's going, uh, to happen. If we have another surge and, you know, a pod goes down, we need more teachers, or if a teacher needs to teach remote, um, uh, and maybe advise, you know, their curriculum with, uh, paired up with another teacher who can maybe go into the school. I mean, this is a time where we should be investing in teachers and making sure that we've got the resources uh, to teach our children.
0: All right. Well, it's about time for you to put your mask back on and uh, wash your hands and sanitize and, uh, and uh, head off to school for you, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, my daughters are uh, remote learning, uh, but certainly I'm heading to the airport today. And, you know, Wynn, I can't thank you enough for uh staying the course on keeping that message. You know, we we can't act like COVID nineteen doesn't exist anymore. Um and, you know, we've we've seen some uh rates go up in some cities and towns right here and uh we have to ensure that we are doing those things. The social distancing, wearing our masks, washing our hands, uh uh, so that we can keep this virus under control. So, thank you for you know impressing upon uh, that to your listeners.
0: Uh, it's, it's my pleasure to do that, and it's very important. And uh, of course, we want everybody to be safe and healthy. And and uh, and here at the Wave, we'd love to have them informed too. And that's why we have folks like you on all the time.
1: Oh well, thank you for having me. I'll, I'll look forward to next time.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, you have a safe trip. To, uh, to Washington Okay Congresswoman Lori Trahan Our guest this morning Here on The Wave 97.9 WHAV Wake up with Windham Damon weekdays From 6 to 9 a.m. On 97.9 FM WHAV
1: Catch the Wave W.